Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, the Dynasty Podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome, my name is BJ Kent, and I welcome in once again with Stephen Devo Deaton. What's up, Stephen? What's up? Man, I know if you're like me, this week has been super crazy. And so I'm just uh, trying to kind of recover and make it day by day if, if you're the same as me. Yeah, it's been kind of busy. I mean, you know, with school going on and basketball about to ramp up, it's it's busy all the time right now, man. And, uh, of course, we're trying to all watch some football and make sure all our teams are right on this dynasty front. And so, yeah, it's been just super busy. Yeah, absolutely. I know you don't really have many more leagues than I do. I think you may have like two or three more leagues. Uh, have you reached the point to where it's too much to manage yet? No, I hadn't reached the point to where I feel like it's too much. I did not get into a um, many new startups this year um, because I felt like I was at a decent number. I think I got into one, which was The Walking Dead. Um, but other than that, I just kind of – stood pat with what I got. I didn't get out of any, um, maybe one got out of one and maybe added one. So I really didn't add any, gotcha. um, but yeah, I like the number that I'm at, uh, right now. I don't know that I'll add any next year, just to be honest. I like where I'm at. Cause I, I do feel like if I add, if I just keep adding, then it's just going to be overload, you know? Yeah. I was listening um, to sensory overload, I guess you would say. So I was listening to a podcast earlier in the week and they were going over their recap of their records and all that. And I think the guy said that he was like 70 and 30. And I was like, dude, you're telling me that you're in a hundred dynasty leagues. Mm-hmm. Like, like, dude, I, I'm in eight dynasty leagues. And right now, like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I haven't checked waivers at all this week. Um, just haven't even really paid any attention to them. Now, partly because I'm pretty, pretty set on my bench being pretty good. But the other part of it is, is like, I just, I don't have time to just sit there and scroll through it and look and stuff. Yeah, it's hard, and and I'm I'm running into this too because I commission I'm a commissioner of five of my dynasty leagues, and I'm running into some of the some of the early guys that was in from the beginning. Whether this be year three now or four in the couple, um, I, I had one guy reach out to me today and said he's going to cut two of the two of the leagues, you know, next year, and uh, so I just kind of see that too. That's you know, and it's hard, you know, and I don't want to have to deal with you know, having, you know, a bunch of owners doing that. It's tough. It's tough on owners when your team's not competing um, to stay. I get it sometimes. It is tough. Um, but, you know, that's what this is. It's dynasty. It's not redraft. So you got to stick with it, you know. Yep. So with that being said, Steve, how'd your week two turn out for you, man? What was your record? Week two was a lot better. You know, I t- we talked last week about uh, I was six and five, I think, last week in dynasty. This This week, um, I went 10 and three in dynasty um, with one being a rebuild, a complete rebuild. Um, two of the leagues that I'm in, the dynasty leagues have started their double headers on the week. So that's why it's a 10 and three record. Um, you know, I'm only in 11 dynasty leagues, but a 10 and three gotcha. record because of those double headers. Um, so a really good week for me um, on the dynasty front redraft went two and two <clears throat> still struggling on that front, but you know, it's better than 0 and four. Yeah, absolutely. I know uh, for me, Dynasty, I was six and two this week. Uh, one of those being a rebuild as well in the Devi League. Uh, I, I'm actually, I mean, this is my first year playing Devi, and I'm really excited about it. I went, uh, I went Devi strong in the dispersal draft, the one that me, you, and Kelby, and a couple more are in. 
And uh, man, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. It's one that's got me watching college football this year from a different different perspective, I guess. You definitely uh, watch college football from a little bit of a different perspective. Of course, we see, you know, a lot of us know who the top you know offensive players are, but it makes you look a little bit further into it, you know, because you can, you know, you can you can pick so far ahead as to where yep. a lot of the times you're only looking at the juniors and seniors that you know will be coming out, you know, for the rookie drafts. This in in, in the Davy format, you're looking all the way to the at the freshman, you know. So yeah, and uh, I I found myself the past two weeks like looking on Saturday nights and looking up scores the games like USC and Ohio State and North Carolina scores that I would literally not care about at all if it wasn't for Debbie and just kind of seeing the bot score and looking at the stats of certain players that's on my team. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been pretty cool, but I went a uh, six and two with that one of me in a rebuild uh, redraft, man. I was two and oh this past week. So I'm sitting four and oh in redraft right now. Man, and uh, dude, I mean, I'm, I'm humble yet surprised, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, mostly because I got Stefan Diggs in one league, Justin Jefferson and then, and uh, Amon Ron another, and so it's been a – I went wide receiver strong, and it's been helping me out a lot for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, so that being said, let's talk about some of our top performers of the week, Stephen. Um, so now that week two's come to the close, let's just walk through each position, talk about some of these players. Uh, we're going to give a little bit more time to actually talk about the players this episode, uh, just ones that you uh, may be surprised by or the ones that uh, kind of really impressed you and whatnot. Uh, so top performers of the quarterback position was Tua Tungvaloa at quarterback one overall in the week followed by Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and then surprise, surprise, Joe Flacco. Um, and so, Stephen, if you're like me, man, I I said I was high on Lamar this year. Um, I actually started him and man, I want to say about three or four leagues this week and was ecstatic over his performance. And I was just like, man, you know what? He's going to be the overall QB1. And then out of nowhere, out of the ashes, comes Tua Tungvaloa. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I like Tua, uh, even though I called him trash can Tua last year when he hurt me in the playoffs. Uh, I like Tua. But I think right now, man, uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are probably the best thing that's happened to that offense along with Mike McDaniel. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Tua continues this streak, and I'm hoping that he continues to uh, just improve, man. What about you? Yeah, I – I think I reached out to you and a couple other guys about a two a trade uh, before this big week, and I think you I think you told me you did lean the two aside on that particular trade. This was before the blow up. I had the other guy lean the other way, and I was kind of leaning. I didn't know I was fifty fifty, so I just stood pat with what I got. I did not trade for Tua. Um, not that I'm regretting it now because it was still a fair deal, and it'd still be oh, yeah. a fair deal today. But uh, I reached out to that owner and I said, well this week and I said well I'm just going to have I'm just going to go ahead and have a knee-jerk reaction and let's just kick the tires on Tua again and uh, he <laughs> said he said his response was well I'm probably going to overreact too and just stay where I'm at too now with Tua I said that's probably good for both of us so you know I mean if you didn't if you hadn't bought him yet you're probably not going to now especially uh with that huge blow up I think it's sustainable I think it's uh, he he finally did something to where you can see that ceiling right that ceiling yeah. with uh, Jalen Waddle and with Tyreek Hill, um, is it going to happen every week? Uh, probably not, but at least in the back of your mind, you know it can happen. You know, yeah. you know there's the possibility of that happening from Tua Tagovailoa. Um, so I'm I'm kind of excited about it. Kind of excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I know, uh, man. I watched a video on Twitter. If you haven't seen this, any of our listeners, you need to look it up. 
Uh, somebody on Twitter actually reversed, like mirrored the video of Tua's highlights and Solid. said, it's amazing. They, they're like, look, if he was a right-handed quarterback, he would be like top tier because his throw motion doesn't look awkward. It looks like he's just accurate and everything. His and it threw, arm it looks threw me like off, a man. cannon. As a, it, when, you turn it, when you turn it to the right side, his arm looks like an absolute cannon. It, it threw me off, man. Uh, top performers at the running back position, moving over to it, was Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, and Christian McCaffrey. Um, I know Nick Chubb having that big week. I think he scored three touchdowns. Still ended up losing to the Jets. Was that right? Uh, yes. And I know, uh, man, for me, I've I've got Chubb and Jones uh, in a couple of places, actually. And so I was really impressed by their performances in week two, uh, hoping that it continues and we can still kind of ride out the the ageist uh, view standpoint of this and just kind of hold the bag on these two players, honestly. Yeah, Chubb is – you know they're going to be run first in Cleveland, especially with the uh, you know Brissett there right now and the things that are going on there. They're still going to be running the ball heavily. Um, and then Aaron Jones in Green Bay, I mean they're going to be running the ball too because just I mean the receivers are just they're they're not what they have been and and not that their receivers have ever been great besides Devontae Adams. Um, they're just they're 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 even a tick down this year. So we know Jones is going to get some carries and some touchdowns on the goal line, and he's going to get some you know, receptions and things like that. So his, his numbers, I, I, they're going to, they're, I think they're going to stay high. I don't know if he'll be top five every week. You know, you do have uh, AJ Dillon there that's, that's stealing some from him. Um, but I think, I think, I think there's a possibility that both of them can continue, you know, in this top, you know, top 10 at least on a, on a, you know, weekly basis. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, going into your wide receivers, you've got Stefan Diggs as the wide receiver over our one overall Tyreek Hill at two, Amon Ross St. Brown at three, Jalen Waddle at four, Cooper Cup at five. Now, Stephen, this is a question I actually asked you before the episode. I want to kind of re re ask it now. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, where's he at in your dynasty rankings right now in, in terms of your wide receivers? I told you before before the pod that he was climbing. I mean, he's for sure climbing. He's got, you know, dating back to last season, was it the last five or six games on, you know, unreal numbers really. And then left right, left right off uh, last year with this year, um, just like he hadn't missed a beat. Um, he looks good. They're not a good team. They're going to be throwing the ball. Looks like Jared Goff loves to throw it to him. He looks explosive. He looks good. Um, so, man, he's climbing. I would say he's top 15 in my wide receiver rankings. I don't have an actual number, but I, I'm, I feel safe saying – you know, top 15 in Dynasty. Yeah, I agree. I know he's right there. I would say probably around the Michael Pittman range, uh, in yep. my opinion. Uh, I know for me, man, this is one of the young wide receiving cores that I'm excited about in years to come. Uh, if you're telling me that for the next couple of years, you're going to have Amon Ra on one side and a healthy Jamison Williams, fingers crossed, uh, on the other, then, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a wide receiver core I'm all in for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and then Swift out of the backfield as well. Those are, those are three – you know, I think potentially explosive, uh, game-changing weapons. Absolutely. All you got to do is just go out and draft Bryce Young next year, and you're, you're golden. That's it. Uh, moving into the tight end position, you have Mark Andrews coming back in at what, tight end number one, Darren Waller at two, Zach Ertz at three, Irv Smith at four, Mike Gusecki at five. It's nice to see Mike Gusecki put it in the top five tight end uh, performance, even though I think it was just mostly because he caught that one touchdown ball. Uh, yes. but it's nice after the goose egg and, and that first week. So hopefully he can have a little bit of resurgence. And I think he came out this past week and actually was quoted saying that he wants more targets and more looks in that offense. 
Uh, I'm curious if McDaniel tries to work him in going forward. I think I think he's going to try, right, because Gusecki's a good player. Uh, he's shown over the past couple years when they've not been good at all um, that he's kind of been a, re- a reliable weapon for the Dolphins. The problem is Jalen Waddle's emergence and Tyreek Hill's addition. I mean, there's just yeah. – there's not enough to go around. I mean, there's not there's not enough where you can consistently say right now, hey, I'm going to plug and play Mike Gusecki at my tight end slot. It's just not enough volume for him at this moment. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I agree 100%, man. I know he's, he's playing off of a franchise tag right now anyways, and so I'm curious to see what's going to happen next offseason as well. Uh, so a question real quick, talking about these top performers, which player are you most concerned with upholding their value season long out of this list of top performers, Steven? Uh, just looking at this entire list, and then, you know, it, I'm sure most of our listeners are very familiar with fantasy football, usually probably from a dynasty's perspective. If you're looking at this list and you're looking at those quarterbacks and you see Joe Flacco's name on there on the top five, you got to think, hey, this guy's value is not going to stay here at this spot. I just don't think there's any way possible that he stays up there. Um even if he was the starter for the entire year, which we know he's not going to be, Zach Wilson will come back and it's going to be the Zach Wilson show, good or bad. Joe yeah. Flacco's not going to be the starter all year. And even if he was, these numbers would not continue. Um, and we know Joe Flacco is going to be relegated back to the backup quarterback. Um, and that's just where he's at at this, at this point in his career. And I think, I think if you own him anywhere, you should be shopping him for almost anything you could get. Um, I would probably try for a second. If you could get somebody to bite on that, great. Um, I would take it in a heartbeat. I think ultimately, even if you could get a third for him in a dynasty league, you better pull the trigger on that because it's running. You're running out of time. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Uh, for me, I think the the one that I'm I may be going out on a limb here and saying I don't see this player being a top five season long will be Nick Chubb. Um, the reason I say that is is Deshaun Watson doesn't come back until I think it was week 13 after the bye week. Uh, I think they play Houston that week. Uh, from now till then, I do agree with you that they're going to be running the ball. I think it's going to be a run first team. However, his performance this past week was really carried by those three touchdowns. He had 87 rushing yards on 17 attempts with the three touchdowns. Uh, for me, if I own him, I'm not expecting top-tier RB1 numbers season long. Uh, for me, with that offense, I expect him to be behind in a, a lot of their games. Uh, but not only that, I see him more of like that that RB2 range. And so if you're banking on those right running back one overall numbers, uh, it's better to kind of maybe possibly shop around a little bit. Uh, and not only that, but like we talked earlier, you don't really want to get caught holding the bag on a player, especially in Dynasty here. Yeah, uh, I, I think on Chubb, I'm not 100% agreeance with you because we've seen the Browns be bad for a while, and yet we've also seen Chubb throw up RB1 numbers, you know, yeah, that that the fringe RB1 numbers his entire career almost. Um, so I don't know that I'm completely on board with that take. Um, I, I'll say this about him. I do agree that you don't want to get caught holding the bag. Who comes to mind when you say, you know, you don't want to get caught holding the bag with a bad running back who has been elite in the past? And for me, it's Zeke, right? I mean, yeah. if you own Zeke right now, you have, you're you're done. Like you, you can't move him because you're not going to get what you feel like you deserve. But he's not worth anything at this point. He's not. He's been bad for practically going on three years here, right? I mean, just as far as being able to put up those elite numbers, those RB one numbers, like he ha- has in the past. So I can agree with you that, that you know, he's, he, Chubb's a running back. At some point, the cliffs come and don't get caught holding the back. So I agree yeah. with that. 
And I think you're kind of saying that with Derrick Henry this year, man, honestly. Uh, that offense isn't looking that great. And I, I don't know if Henry kind of gets it together. And so I think you're kind of seeing that already with him. Um, top disappointments. Let's transition over to this, Stephen. Uh, these are basically players at the position who you expected a high performance out of who really just were ultimately let down with. Uh, at the quarterback position, you have Matt Ryan, who uh, I think this kind of comes back on the wide receivers, honestly. A lot of them were injured during this game. You have Ryan Tannehill, Trey Lance, who suffered a broken ankle, Justin Fields and Tom Brady. Uh, let's go on this. Let's talk about Trey Lance real quick, Stephen, because I know that me and you have differing views here a lot. Uh, for me, I think I have Trey Lance in about two or three leagues. Uh, he was actually my QB two in a Superflex league. I think the Walking Dead league actually. And so the broken ankle was one that I hated to see. Uh, one that um, man, I'm, I'm torn now. Do we shop them around? Do we see what we can get out of them? Or do we just hold the bag until next year and hope for a resurgence of an injured ankle or whatnot? Uh, but what, what's your take right now on Trey Lance after this injury? The injury is brutal. It, it reminded me a lot of Dak's injury, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, went down with that broken ankle, tried to stand up on it, couldn't. Uh, and Trey Lance kind of did the same thing. I think somebody reached down to pull him up, and when they went to get up, he couldn't. Um, and then you could see it. Um, you saw it on the video. Um, and I hate that. In- injury should not be a reason for anybody to lose their job or their career to, you know, take a wrong turn. Um, but I have not – I didn't like him before. You know, I did not like him before this uh, setback, um, and I really don't like him now. I mean – I think this could have some serious implications of what his career might look like um, as a whole. And another problem is San Francisco has so much capital in him. I don't know that they can throw the towel in yet on him. Yeah. But what do they do if Jimmy G makes another run in the postseason, a deep run, or if he even wins the Super Bowl for him? What do they do? Man, I'm tell you what, for a couple of leagues that I've got Jimmy G as my third quarterback in Superflex leagues, I hope that they keep the man around. Uh, and so I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a tough decision next year. Um, I, obviously, they came out this year and said Trey Lance is the future. But, I mean, when you have an injury like this, who's to say he comes back and even performs next year? So we'll see. Uh, at the running back position, running backs that you were let down by, uh, there's Zeke's name right there, Stephen. Uh, Ezekiel yep. Elliott, Chase Edmonds, Cordell Patterson, James Conner with an ankle injury, and Jonathan Taylor actually busting for once. That's a surprise. Um, I think the the player that I'm mostly concerned of here is James Conner. Uh, the reason I say that is I know it's an ankle injury. I know he'll probably maybe out one game, day-to-day, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but with it, man, if I've got James Conner in Dynasty, his value takes a dip here. And the reason I say that is I know during the offseason, man, his value kind of skyrocketed a little bit. Like he wasn't top 10, wasn't top 20, nothing like that. But there were some some good options that you could have ended up trading James Conner for at the beginning of the season when dudes averaging like projection-wise 16, 17 points in a PPR league. Then, I mean, you could probably move him very easily for somebody like I would even say A.J. Dillon, honestly. Uh, and so for here, it's, it's a player that I'm concerned with, a player that I'm kind of keeping my eye on going forward. You know, I've always been a James Conner guy. Um, even back in his Steeler days, I, I thought he was a, a good player and a good back. I don't know what this ankle injury is going to do for him. I don't think it's anything major. And, I, and look, he's got a nose for the end zone, and I think they'll still use him in that role. 
I still think you go. He's going to put up some, you know, some decent fantasy weeks for you. I think, you know, with his ankle injury, obviously it may cap some of his receiving. Um, so there is a little bit of worry there for a PPR. Um, but overall, I, I think he'll bounce back when that ankle kind of gets a little bit better. Maybe it's a week or two, but we'll see. Um, for me, um, you know, on this disappointment on the RB side, and we've already talked about it. It's Zeke, right? I mean, and I'm not going to react. I'm not going to rehash what I said. Uh, a while ago, but man, his plug and play RB days are officially over, I think. Um, yeah. so uh, that's where I'm going to go with that. I think I've got Zeke in two leagues, and he's mostly just a flex option, uh, in my opinion. Uh, wide receivers that you were disappointed by Jerry Judy after that long touchdown in week one came out and busted week two. I think he actually had a was it a rib injury or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Juju Smith Schuster, who has not formed a connection with Patrick Mahomes yet. You have DK Metcalf, who's also played by bad quarterback play. Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams, the Oakland duo, are the new Las Vegas duo, excuse me. Um, and so with them, I think the the player I'm kind of keeping an eye on is DK Metcalf. Uh, for me, I think he is an elite talent. I think he is one of the, the best wide receivers in the game is from a physicality standpoint. Uh, but, man, when you have a bad quarterback throwing you the ball, it's tough to really do anything. Uh, and so for me, if I've got him, uh, you're probably holding him but it's just something to kind of watch out for this season. Yeah, I on, on for my for my end of it and you you mentioned Juju and 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 all these guys this week, you know, for, from a dynasty dynasty perspective, you know, are are decent names here. Um but you know, Juju week 1 had 8 targets, 80 yards, um six receptions. You thought, man, maybe something's there and then week 2 rolls around and he gets three targets, three receptions, 10 yards. So, yeah, very disappointed in that. I thought I thought maybe week one we were fixing to have something with him and Mahomes, and, and maybe we still do, um, but week two was definitely a dud. Um, I know I was on the bubble uh, in a couple of leagues before Kamara's injury. Um, I was asking myself and a couple of, couple, of, couple of dynasty people, hey, who should I start this week, Kamara or Juju? And my argument was what I just said. He had eight targets, you know. Uh, Kamar was playing Tampa Bay, um, which, you know, has a great front seven. They're not going to let the Saints run the ball. Um, so, anyway, Kamar wound up being out, so I started Juju anyway, and it wasn't a good week for me when I, where I started. Yeah, absolutely. Man. He's one of those where I, I heard a lot of people saying that he was going to be a, like the next Cooper Cup this year and all that, but hasn't really panned out so far. Uh, tight ends that you were disappointed by in week two is Cole Komet, who has yet to re- actually catch a pass this year. Uh, Dalton Schultz with a PCL injury, the same thing that Zeke suffered last year. Uh, Brevin Jordan ain't really doing much in Houston. You have Robert Tunyon, Noah Fant, and I think the surprise here is Kyle Pitts. Uh, we've had two weeks now of Kyle Pitts putting up, I think it's four points in the PPR leagues. Um, so with this, man, Stephen, what's your, what's your concern on Pitts here? Uh, my concern on Pitts is just it, – and it starts last year. It starts with the price, you know. The price that Kyle Pitts was last year going in dynasty leagues. Um, and he had a decent year as a rookie last year. It was just decent. It wasn't great. Not for the price that he was going, not in my eyes. Now, uh, my, my thing here with Kyle Pitts is I think we might be seeing him bust right before our eyes and nobody wants to talk about it. Um, you know, you got London who's come in uh, as a rookie and in two games has put up fantasy points both both games um he's had no problems 
people want to blame the Falcons for not scheming for him, not targeting him, whatever, that's fine and good. But I just see it as, man, he's been there for a whole year. Here's year two, and he's still not doing – uh, what he needs to do. Now, I know he's an athletic specimen. I know he's a talent. I get it. But I'm I'm not on board. I'm not on board the Kyle Pitts hype train. Um, I was not on board with it last year. I don't own a single share. I was never going to draft him where he was being drafted. And you got these Kyle Pitts truthers who don't want to admit it. Um, but there's concern here. Um, for the price that most paid for him last year, you got to have a little bit of concern right now. Yeah, absolutely. I know I saw him. I saw him get drafted in a tight end premium league, I think two overall. Not not two overall, excuse me, second tight end off the board uh, behind Kelsey. Yeah. Uh so this is this is one that I agree with you. I think there's something to watch for. Uh, honestly, I don't think there's much difference between Kyle Pitts and DK Metcalf. Uh both kind of played with bad quarterback play. Um, but not only that, you have talent that's being wasted. And so for me, the same people who are down on DK, what's stopping you from being down on Pitts? Because mm-hmm. uh, from my perspective, you have a six foot six guy who is supposed to be like the prime specimen in that offense. But yeah, I agree with you, man. It's something to worry. I, I'm, if I've got him, which I don't have him in a single league either, if I've got him, I'm not happy right now. Uh, mm-hmm. With a with a position that is as scarce as tight end, it's one that you don't want to to sit there and be getting fours every week. Uh, I will say though, if you got Kyle Pitts, you're probably happier than when you had Cole Komet. So. That's true. You know, preseason Cole Komet was being, you know, kind of uh, in the conversation of back end tight end one. And, whew, man, it's been a rough couple of weeks. Yeah, I know, man. I've got him in a lot of places. <laughs> All right. So moving in, uh, let's get off of Cole Komet. Moving into the sneaky flex play. We do this, uh, I think it's our third week going so far. Um, Stephen, who, who are you plugging in at flex this week and just want to kind of encourage the listeners to do the same? Man, I, I looked at a couple of these. You know, there's 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 so many you can pick from in a flex in the flex spot. Um, but just looking for me, man, and I and we talked about this. I think for our week one episode uh, preseason, maybe in our preseason week one, we kind of talked about some people. And one of my guys to watch on my honorable mention was Jalen Hurts. And man, he has come out slinging the football, running yeah. the football, doing everything offensively for that team. And for me, man, Devontae Smith last week. Um, he caught all seven of his targets. He had 80 yards, um, you know, seven receptions were the most among the Eagle pass catchers last week. Um, 80 yards receiving was only second to Dallas Goddard. And we know teams are going to focus their attention on A.J. Brown. So, man, that's just going to open it up for Devontae Smith. I think Jalen Hurts' running ability scares teams more than anything. So I do think there's possibility that there's some chemistry and some connection going on there. Week two really kind of showed seven targets, seven catches, 80 yards. So I'm plugging in Devontae Smith there, man. If he gets in the end zone and has another week like that, he's going to look like he's going to have some decent numbers. Uh, He's also got a pretty juicy matchup this week. Uh, Washington's 20th ranked pass defense, giving up 247 yards per game. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, For me, I I agree with the 100% on Devontae Smith. Um, I think I have him in a couple of leagues, mostly as a wide receiver three, wide receiver four. And I've just I've still been plugging him in. I'm I'm a Bama fan, a Bama homer. And so for me, Devontae Smith, he's pretty much always gonna be in my lineup if I can if I can't help it. Uh let's see here. My flex play this week, one that I'm I'm not excited about at all, but it's one that I'm rolling with, and it's Russell Gage, the wide receiver from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are injury played at wide receiver going against Green Bay. Uh, For me, 
I think this kind of comes down to just scarcity of the position, uh, specifically with Tom Brady throwing you the ball. Um, I know Brady didn't look that great this past week, and I know that Green Bay is not the juiciest of matchups with Jerry Alexander on the other side. But if I've got Russell Gage and I'm hurting at wide receiver with all these injuries going around and with all these matchups and stuff like that, then I think Russell Gage can probably put up 8 to 12 PPR points, uh, one that's not a high ceiling play by any means, but it's mostly just for the the, the PPR. Uh, I know they ended up signing what was it, Cole Beasley this past week, uh, but I think Russell Gage is going to have a better game. I know uh, you have Julio and Godwin who are both banged up, not really sure if they're going to be playing. Uh, Mike Evans is suspended for one game, and so uh, I know the options here are far and few between, so if I have them, I'm – probably just going to plug them in mostly as almost like a best ball option and just hoping for a touchdown. Yeah, I I, I was looking at that uh, earlier. I, I saw the news about Cole Beasley, and I, I think he'll probably um, – they'll probably elevate him, I think, you know, to play this week. Um, you got Russell Gage there and you got Scotty Miller, um, and that's it. You know, Brashad Perryman, but, you know, I think out of those guys, I think Russell Gage is the one you want to try to play. Um, Perryman's kind of a deep deep ball guy, you know. Um, so Gage is going to be more the guy that's going to get you some PPR stuff, and I agree with you. You know, there, there may be a floor there this week, you hope, of 10 to, you know, 11, 12 points in a PPR format, you know, five catches, 50 yards, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so a new segment we're going to try to do over the next couple of weeks is one called the 2021 Class Review. Uh, so now that we're in the second year of experience for the 2021 class, let's take a few weeks and just basically review the current dynasty standings of our former rookies. Uh, each week, we'll take our own personal rankings of each group and just basically give our reasoning behind it. And so this week, we went with the easiest one, in our opinion, was the wide receiver class. Um, the wide receivers that came out last year in our rookie of 2021 class was Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore, Rundell Moore, Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Toney, Terrace Marshall, Amon Ra, St. Brown, Amari Rogers, Nico Collins, Diami Brown, Tutu Atwell, Josh Palmer, Dwayne Eskridge, Tylen Wallace, Jonathan Adams, Cornell Powell, Anthony Schwartz, and some others who I'm tired of mentioning all these people who I don't even want to mention. Yeah, you uh, mentioned about you mentioned about 20 there that don't matter. Yeah, I know. After I got past like <laughs> Nico, man, I was about done. Yeah. Uh and so I like how you plugged in the PFF wide receiver rankings last year as of May 7th of 2021. The top 10 then was Jamar Chase at one, Devontae Smith at two, Rashad Bateman at three, Jalen Waddle at four, Elijah Moore at five, Terrace Marshall Jr. Oh, I forgot about him at six, Nico Collins at seven, Rundell Moore at eight, Amari Rogers at nine, and Kadarius Tony at 10, with Amon Ross St. Brown being all the way down at 14. Uh, so how I want to go about this, Stephen, let's just kind of – let's walk through my one, your one, my two, your two, and just kind of go from there if you're cool with that. I'm cool with it. Awesome. So consensus wide receiver one of this 2021 class is Jamar Chase. Is that right, Stephen? Absolutely. I think if you have Chase – if you have anybody other than Chase at the top of this class, you are obviously delusional. Uh, yeah, you're, and, looking, you're looking for clickbait, right? You call that clickbait. So yeah, that's all it is, man. Uh, Jamar Chase is is by far and away the wide receiver one of that class, and it's it's not close. And I really don't think we need to discuss it any further. I don't either. I think, uh, man, you got his 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 college boy throwing on the ball. He's got the elite talent, and ceiling uh, wise, is probably one of the highest ceilings in the game. Yep. Uh, wide receiver two of the class for both of us as well is Jalen Waddle. Uh, what intrigues you about Jalen Waddle, man? 
Jalen Waddle has the has that ability for those quick twitch. You know, he's got the you can tell he's got those quick twitch muscles, which allows for uh, great route running. It allows for quick routes. It allows for deceptive speed. Um, and and I said this um, before Tyreek Hill went to Miami. I said Jalen Waddle looks like Tyreek Hill, and then Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill goes to Miami. So you know that you have two dynamic dynamic receivers in Miami. And I think Jalen Waddle is a little clone of Tyreek Hill in a way. Yeah, almost like a Tyreek Hill Jr. Never thought about yeah. that before. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know with that offense, man, I think uh, both Miami wide receivers are locked inside of your top 10 in Dynasty. Yes. Uh, and so three and four is where we actually differ from here on the 2021 class, Stephen. Uh, you've got Amon Ra St. Brown at three and Rashad Bateman at four, and I've got the reverse of it with Rashad Bateman at three and Amon Ra at four. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and preface this and say I completely understand why you would have Amon Ra above Bateman. Uh, the only reason that I have Bateman ahead is just because I think that he uh, has that alpha gene inside of him. I think for me, he he just kind of looks very similar to like a DK Metcalf without the muscle mass that he has. Uh, I know as well this past week we actually saw him run faster than Hollywood Brown did all of last year. And so that's the reason I have Bateman over Amon Ra, uh, as well as the fact that long-term I prefer Bateman. Uh, however, I will preface that by saying that if I've got Amon Ra in a dynasty league and somebody offers me Bateman, I don't know if I'm actually pulling that – hitting that accept button, man. And <laughs> yeah, man, so, I, I... Ah man, you know it's tough. They're yeah. they're close. They're really close. And I when I when we're doing, we you know when we're looking at these lists together, and I thought, well, we don't want to have the same exact list. And so the the first two are tough, right? I mean, you know, I mean, or, I'm sorry, the first two are not tough. But then you get to the others, and it gets starts getting tough. So Amon Ra for me, it's just what have you done for me lately? And yeah. for nine games, eight games in a row is eight games, right? Eight games in a row with uh, I believe is it eight receptions. Um, Man, that's 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 tough. That's hard. That's hard to that's hard to pass up. And and and, you, and and we talked about it in this episode already. But it's just he's got a connection with golf, and man, he looks good out there. So I and 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 he's the biggest riser of the list, right? Um, in May of 2021, he was number 14 um, behind some of these guys we mentioned: Amari Rogers, Nico Collins, Terrace Marshall Jr., number six. So oh, yeah. he's made a complete huge leap in dynasty. And, you know, on the same token, Terrace Marshall Jr. being number six, uh, sandwiched in between Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, Nico Collins, what's he doing right now? Is Where's he at? Is he still with Carolina? I mean, you know, I mean, yep. so he's he's been the biggest faller from that list. And then Amon Ra has been the biggest riser. All right, so question, Dynasty perspective. If you've got Debo Samuel in Dynasty, are you trying to trade him for Amon Ra right now? No, I'm still taking Debo. Okay, good. Me too. <laughs> that's yeah, that's not, it's not, that's not really close either. Like, yeah. Amon Ra's doing some good things and he's climbing the board. And like I told you a while ago, he's top 15, you know, wide receiver. Debo's still up there. You know, you can make the argument for top five, right? So, yeah. I mean, look, yeah, he's not there yet. I got you. Uh, all right. No, so, don't accept that trade. That's what I'm telling you. Don't no, accept no, no, that no, trade. no. I, I haven't even offered it. <laughs> I, I ain't got it in my inbox. It's just one that. You know, you have those random thoughts during the day where you're like, hey, I could probably okay. offer this, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, wide receiver five on both of our lists is Devontae Smith. I think we've already covered that, man. You got the former Heisman winner and yep. paired up with Jalen Hurts, who was taking that step up. 
I am perfectly yep. fine having him at five right here. Mm-hmm. All right, so our consensus wide receiver six of this 2021 class uh, is one that I'm kind of, man, I'm a little bit concerned with it right now just because I, I expected high things from this guy. And honestly, I expect him to be the wide receiver one of his own team. However, as of right now, week three, it's not looking like he is, and that's Elijah Moore. Um, man, Elijah Moore has fantastic talent, came out of Ole Miss, uh, got paired with Zach Wilson, actually absolutely killed it before his injury last year. And now with Joe Flacco throwing him the ball, I think Joe Flacco is actually close to leading the league in pass attempts. Um, man, Elijah Moore just isn't getting the the work that I think that he deserves. Um, I know he was out uh, outperformed by Garrett Wilson this past week. But Elijah Moore's one in Dynasty to where if I've got him, he's I'm having a hard time putting him in my lineup. I'll be honest with you, Steven. Yeah, I don't think you can just based off of week one, week two. I think now it's I think now he's kind of uh pushed himself back to this spot of, well, I've got to prove it again. Because, you know, Corey Davis has showed out for two weeks. Garrett Wilson had a little coming out party this week. So what is Elijah Moore? Is he wide receiver three now? What's going on there? You know, and I, I, I like the guy. I think he's, I think he's tremendously talented. But I think, you know, I think, I th- and I think there's probably two camps right here. But I, I think a lot of people think Garrett Wilson's the better receiver. So, um, you know, we'll see. Time will tell. But I do think I, I agree with you. I think that you know you're disappointed for sure. And I think now it's you like you said it's hard to plug him in. It's probably going to be one of those. All right, you need to prove it to me, and and then we'll start talking about uh, getting you back in my lineup. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, the next four, I'll be honest with you, man. I traded any one of these next four for a second right now in any dynasty league. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, uh, man. And so the four that we're going to run through very, very quickly, because I don't think there's much to talk about, is Kadarius Tony, Nico Collins, Rondell Moore, and Josh Palmer. Uh, are any of these four intriguing to you going forward in dynasty past this year? Man, it's, it's tough because, like you said, with all four, it's just kind of – bleh right it's just a little bit disgusting you know like i i i still out of this group i i want rondell Moore out of all of them i think yeah um just because of where he's at he's with kyler murray in arizona um and right now he's not playing he's missing practice he's um not playing so we don't know yet right we don't really know yet what he might can be so I, i think out of this group i want to own him Kadarius Tony's been a disappointment. I don't know what's going on there. Every time he touches the ball, he seems explosive, but they never let him touch the ball. So what yeah. the I don't know what's going on there. Nico Collins, bleh, get him out of here. Josh Palmer, nah, don't want him. Um, so yeah, Rondell Moore for me probably be the guy out of these four that I'd want just because there's still a little bit of a factor of we don't know how he's going to be used yet. Yeah, I agree, man. I think uh for me, I don't I don't own a single one of these except for Nico Collins. And it's in a, an orphan team I took over that you're the commission of. And uh so Nico's actually a guy I've had to start the past two weeks and I mm-hmm. hate it, man. Mm-hmm. Feels uh, good, don't it? Feels good. Yeah, you know, yep. <laughs> it's one of those two where I know like <laughs> as soon as John Mitchie comes and plays next year, uh, if he does, hopefully, uh, then man, I think it's it's game over for Nico. Yep. I know um the talent I mean the talent's okay there, I'll be honest with you, but just uh yeah, not not interested. Yeah. Uh, Rundell Moore, I agree. He's the one that kind of sparks my interest a little bit. But I um, mean, this past offseason, I sold I sold Rundell Moore in the tight end premium league for Mike Gasicki, and I'd make that trade every single day of the week. Yeah, I would. Uh, too. Man, just a uh, Rundell. I think he's got the talent, but like you said, he's kind of hurt with that injury right now. You had D Hop coming back in four weeks, 
Yep. Then you have uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown as your other wide receiver. So, I mean, yep. uh, Rondell's kind of right there, a little, similar a little bit to the Elijah Moore situation. Of you got to right. prove it before I can do anything with you, man. I agree. Sweet. What position you want to do next week, Stephen? Uh, let's do the running backs. All right, bet. Sounds good to me, man. Uh, I'm curious to see who your RB1 is of this class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it may not be the same as mine. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It'll be interesting. It will. Uh, so, got anything else you want to say to the listeners before we get off here, Stephen? Man, it's been it's been fun. Everybody, get your lineups in. We got uh, Thursday night football tomorrow night. It's uh, Steelers and Browns. Uh, Gross. So, yeah. Um, look, we got reasons to watch though. Everybody's going to have some players that they're going to be interested in. I hope you're not having to start either of those quarterbacks. God bless you if you are. Man, for sure. Uh, I want to take this time to just thank our listeners, guys. Uh, man, we, we appreciate each and every one of you for just taking about 45 minutes every time, each and every day, or each and every week, to just listen to two random guys talk about dynasty football. Uh, man, just thank you all once again. If you will, give us a follow over on Facebook, Legacy of Legends, the Dynasty Podcast, or at Twitter, at LOL Dynasty Pod. Uh, we look forward to just producing some good quality content for you each and every week. Uh, and so, man, like what Steven said, set y'all's lineups, pay attention to some of the games this weekend, man. But more importantly, just enjoy fantasy football. I know something I'm trying to do is kind of put my, my phone down on Sundays, watch the games, actually enjoy them, not check my scores every five minutes. And, man, just pay attention to what's going to kind of going on around you. And it's so, much uh, more enjoyable if you do that. Uh, and I'm speaking pr- from – uh, experience. Don't check your scores. You can, you know, if you want to check them after the 12 o'clock slate, fine, put it down. And then if you want to check it again before the Sunday night game, fine, you can do that. But don't, don't check it in during the games. It's just not fun. It's not a fun way to do it. No, uh, just, just enjoy the games. Enjoy uh, what's going on. Because if you like me, you know, almost every player that, that, that scores, you, you probably have implications on one team or another, you know, so just yeah. don't worry about it. Enjoy the games. Enjoy, enjoy fantasy football. Like you said, um, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Absolutely, guys. See y'all next time.